This is Such Fun, a podcast devoted to the discussion, education, and celebration of all things fisting. Whether you're a curious newbie or an elbow deep connoisseur, this podcast is for you. I'm artist Big Buck Geek, and I'm blogger Jasmine Taz. Let's get to it. Let's have such fun. Welcome back to Such Fun. This episode's going to be a really fun one. Um, so we... Oh, by the way, hi, Jazz. You okay? Hey, I'm good. Hi, sorry, I forgot you were here. I'm so sorry. Am I just blending into the wall or something? Yeah, I don't know. Without shirt today, I don't think so. What colour would you call it? Coral? Perhaps coral. It's, it's somewhere between salmon and coral. Oh, salmon. Lovely. I'm a professional today with a nice Lacoste shirt. It's lovely. It's lovely, darling. So the topic, we wanted to do this episode for quite a while, and it's entitled Shit People Say to Fisters. So all the dumb stuff people have ever said to us, whether it be from vanilla gays, straights, just anyone fucking ignorant. So we are just going to read them for fucking filth on this episode. And we got a guest for it as well. I couldn't think of anyone better for this. My little way to, to introduce him. He's an American. He thinks being a bitch is a personality. It's what his whole gay community is based on. <laughs> Bringing others down, fighting amongst themselves. It is uh, Falcon Punch. Hello. <laughs> well, hello. How do you douche? <laughs> God, what an introduction. Can we just go over that? Because that was one of the best days of my life on Twitter, reading that whole exchange. You'll have to be more specific. (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of Twitter drama. (laughs) Well, I don't want to name the person, but they just decided out of the blue. Oh, no, didn't didn't you comment on one of their videos? And then they just fucking went for you. Um, again, you'll have to be more specific. This happens to me often. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Bleep, bleep the name, bleep the name in editing, but... I know I probably said something. <laughs> but... I've got the screenshots right here. I've oh. got them here. <laughs> <laughs> They're a dime a dozen, aren't they? I love it, yeah. Welcome to my life. People being like, remember that time you were really salty? And me being like, I no idea. No idea who that is. Yeah, no, that was a wonderful exchange. It was, I've got it here. Um, Falcon Punch, I was wondering why you had so many followers, then realized all you do is retweet people with better content than you. Oh. Your reply was, explains why I've never retweeted you. It went on, wow, two headless white dudes filming generic fisting. Groundbreaking. Girl, don't be mad, it's got more views than your pin tweet. (laughs) Are you seeing this? Because it's quite rare that there's kind of like Twitter fister beef. Look, I've lived a long time in the fisting community and I've seen several different beefs come and go and they're all fun and exciting and honestly they all are nothing in the end it's like if you can't handle somebody throwing shade your way especially if it's good shade sorry but I am proud of that uh explains why I never tweeted you retweeted you comment yeah (laughs) I live for uh calling people out on little things or um their little inconsistencies on Twitter. And I also just love kind of the overall filth aesthetic of it. Like we're all doing this thing that's very ego satisfying. 
And when we do it in a way that's genuinely like self-absorbed, I love to poke at it. Because the reality is, I know why you're doing this, and I think it's trash. But (laughs) (laughs) I know why I'm doing it, and it is trash. But it's for fun. And so let's have fun with this, and let's enjoy it. And if you're going to take that a little too to heart, I will apologize if it's necessary. But mostly... I'll poke again. So if anyone's not aware of you, how long have you been fisting? What's your background with fisting? How did you apply for the position of of fisting? Oh God, um, it found me. (laughs) I've been doing this for 10 years now. I started when I was 23 and I had my sexual awakening in Detroit, uh, which has a reputation of having larger than average penises. Um, Oh. You know, your when your baseline dick is nine inches, you just kind of have nowhere to go but up. So you blame it on Detroit, completely. Jazz, we're going. Add it to the tour list. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're going. I was a, a little white Christian boy who was raised in you know the north. I didn't know anything about dirty fisting. That's terrible. I would never do that. No. And then I got completely soiled and rotted and split in half in Detroit and realized that I loved it. I attribute it all to my fairy gay godfather, who is a man who wanted me to fist him for the first time. So this is the first time I ever got into fisting. And I thought, yeah, okay, like, I'll try it. I like like big things inside me. I knew that much. So we went over to his place. I tried for a while to get my hand in him unsuccessfully. We take a break, he shows me his toys that he uses to practice, and he shows me his plug that's like his eventually plug. And I looked at it and I was like, you can't take that? And he goes, no. And I said, I could take that. And he goes, okay, prove it. And so I did, and I sat on it, and he was like, oh my God, I think you can take my hand. So we tried, his hand got inside me, first try, and when he pulled out, I stood up without saying a word, walked into his kitchen, chugged a Heineken beer, set it down, and said, that is the best feeling I've ever had, you're doing that again. (laughs) And here we are, 10 years later. (laughs) Double wide, elbow deep. You know, sometimes. We aspire. Depends on the hand. Should we get on to the first topic that I want to cover? Yeah. Wait, wait, is... uh, before, before, oh. so wait, 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 pause, pause, Jesus, uh-huh. this is, this is all going so quickly. I'm, I'm still recovering from the goosebumps I got from the, probably the most wholesome virgin fist story I've ever heard. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I had to just gather myself there for a second. Were you in Detroit then before you moved to New York? Because mm-hmm. I remember, just a little, little extra story now, I remember the first time I actually saw you the only time I've seen you in person, and that was I walked into Flaming Saddles Bar in Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> it was 2014, 15. Uh huh. And I was like, okay, this bar is way too crowded, um, but hot and full of Americans. And I was like, yeah, and they're flannelette. And then uh, they have this dance. Uh, I don't know how often it is, like maybe once an hour or something, where all the bartenders get up on the on the bar and dance in their fucking cowboy boots and flannelette shirts and hats and everything. And there's on the bar dancing like this, whatever line dancing or whatever it is. And I fell in love and I was like, holy shit, that's a pretty man. <laughs> well, shucks, thanks. That was a, um, a surprise job, honestly, when I first came to New York, but a welcome one. It was 
a lot of fun. And I moved to New York, I think, shortly after I got tired of Detroit. And I lived there for five years, and it was wonderful. Like, I miss it constantly, and I loved every person that I met there and every hole that I got to be in and every hand that I got to shake and squeeze. But why didn't you say hi? Because I was shy. Oh, you have a podcast. <laughs> Look, I've come a long way since then. Before she was famous. <laughs> exactly. Well, welcome. Where do you live now? I just recently moved to Chicago. I lovingly refer to Chicago as the mecca of fisting. New York is always like the biggest and the best of everything. Like, and that's just because of population size, you're bound to have that much. But Chicago is like the Berlin of America. Mm. It has the dirty CD bars. It has the bathhouses. It has a vibrant fisting community. It has mafia. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Mid-American fists in action. Ah. And it is a, a group that is literally just fisters who used to have their own personal play space. They've recently just started renting out Steamworks after the pandemic and all of that. But they had their own play space. They would have weekly parties, uh, play parties, with fully stocked slings, benches, paper towel, Crisco, J-Lube, everything. So there's a community here. You know, I moved here, and I'm not even the biggest hole, like, by far in the city. <laughs> oh, I know. You know, there's royalty here, and I just, like, walk through, and I'm like, oh, look at them all. They're huge. <laughs> Sounds like the place to be. I'm happy to be here. I think I get this one most of all. And it's, all, and it's, and it's probably the most like well-meaning one, I think. Like I have like some, some friends who've said this one to me, but they just go, but how? How is, how is it possible? How can you, I don't get it. How can a fist go in there? That's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely one of my go-tos, yeah. The best response to that's not possible is, well, it is, because I'm living proof of it. Yeah. So, do you think I'm making this up for fun? Do you think this is all an elaborate ruse? It's possible. I'm telling you it's possible. And if you'd like to know the mechanics, I'll explain it to you. But it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> I think this has come up a few times before, but I periodically worked in sex shops in London. And, you know, occasionally we'll have the larger toys, whether it be like a ram bone, like, you know, 18 inches long. or And people come in and go like, People can't take that. That's ridiculous. Like, that's not humanly possible. I'm like, it is. And I'm on a first name basis with some of these people. I find it very funny that you mentioned Rambone by name because that's my dipstick dildo that I just keep in the shower, like, while I'm cleaning out. Oh. I've never owned one. I really, I really should just because it is iconic. But I mean, now I'm all about the platinum silicone. So I'm like, I don't, I don't want that in me. No. <laughs> oh, high grade <laughs> materials for her. I know. No, I mean, like I, you know, and when you start looking at, you know, the packages of these things and they go like sold as novelty only, like, oh, this is not meant to go inside you. I will say this though, in defense of uh, Rambone, I attribute a lot of my depth to Rambone. And it's purely because I started using it literally as a dipstick in the shower. So it's like I mm. go down as far as I can on it. And if I pull out and I'm fine, then I'm fine. Yeah. And now I can do it to the balls. You know, it took a while, but like it helped straighten me out. It helped make, you know, make that path straight and narrow. Um, mm. Well, straight and wide. And 
it's been a great asset to me in my cleanouts and my play. So like, it's a cheap toy, but I, I stand. Maybe I'll invest in one for all time's sake. I'm just, just sorry, briefly, I'm going on eBay right now and looking for Rambone. I think it's like $36. <laughs> don't get a used one. I also am a person who never owned a Rambone. Jazz, don't get a used one, no. No, not eBay, <laughs> not eBay. Speaking of dirty and rough and nasty, I'd like to take this time to announce that I'm selling mine <laughs> to the highest bidder. <laughs> Has been inside Falcon Punch. And a lot of other people. <laughs> Previously owned by. Right. Have you found it? That'll just increase its value, right? I found it, yeah, I found a few. You do realize I work at a sex shop, so I can get it for you dirt cheap. Do you want to? Do you want to bring You're it okay. when you come? You're okay. Let's do it. Okay, <laughs> so so I'll have your boss hog, and then I'll have some tab of rambone for you. Fuck yeah, I love okay. that. Just for old times' sake, like I'm I'm sure I, I'm sure I don't need it, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that'd be lovely to have in my have in my arsenal. Oh, yeah, dear. from what I've seen of you, you definitely don't need it because you're already past the balls on that sucker. There's never enough balls and all. That is very oh. true. I guess this leads on to my next point of like guys that are terrified of this. So they, so we've got past like accepting it as a thing. Right. And like, okay, this is humanly possible, but like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to get too loose. As though like just taking one fist, that hole is ruined forever. I mean, I wish, I wish it was that easy. Right. <laughs> yeah, I wish too. The I don't want to get too loose and the I only prefer tight holes, you know, go hand in hand. And my response to that is, tell me you're misogynistic without telling me you're misogynistic. Because the reality is, it's based in value of virgin tight holes being a higher value than a worn out, wrecked cunt. And the reality is, who decided that? Yeah. Like, it's, that's just not the case anymore. And I have a huge, gaping pussy, and I'm very proud of it. I've masturbated to it several times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think it has high value. And I, I meet other people who tell me it has value. It's a museum piece at this point. Right. And it's just one of those things that's like, honey, you're behind the times. That is based in something that is not applicable anymore. And if you want to have that... Do you really want to spend like 30 minutes or more trying to get it in a hole and then the wince and they're like, oh no, no, ow, oh, slowly, like, right. who has the time for this? Like, <laughs> and like fucking a virgin, all that convincing, all that reassuring, mm. this idea of like, you know, like, I mean, let's not stray too far into religion, but you know, the idea of like, oh, go, go to heaven and all these virgins are waiting for you. Like, I can't think of anything fucking worse. <laughs> right? Like, die. Go to heaven, there's 40 sluts waiting for you. That's where the belief is rooted in. Why is it virgins waiting mm. for you in heaven? Because they're assumed to have higher value because their holes are unpenetrated. Yeah. And the reality is a hole that has years and miles or kilometers in your case and like, you know, no tread left on the tires is valuable to me. That is something that I want to hold dear to my heart. I want to put my head inside. Mm. <laughs> I want to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me, I, I almost feel like I should try and get my husband into this, uh, <clears throat> into this recording right now because he's someone who values a tight hole. And slowly over the years... Okay, you're going to have to divorce him. <laughs> oh, honey, we've had that conversation many times. No, if you're listening, I love you. I love you. <laughs> you're a sweetie. It's okay, he doesn't listen. <laughs> but um, slowly I've tried to massage into him this idea that it's okay to not have 
a virgin hole. Like in the first few years of me having sex, it was quite often rubbish because it was painful and it didn't work and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And oh, it was some of the worst sex of my life. Like, yeah. Yeah. Starting out, yeah. Ugh. Being like, oh, I can't take it. Oh, no. And obviously I was a size queen from the sexy. beginning. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I will say, like, and I've... Um, there's... I, I find it as well, like, guy, like, guys who are hung, there's a kind of bracket with guys who are, like, big to kind of huge, and they kind of get off on the whole, like, oh, my, like, oh, it's, it's, it's so big. Like, I, I don't think I can take that. Like, oh, you're too big, daddy. Like, there's guys that kind of, like, love that. And I found those are the people I've had discussions with, and they're like, oh, fisting is gross and disgusting. Like, oh, like, why the hell? Like, why isn't a dick enough for you? Like, what? So, because they really love that, the idea of being the biggest thing in the room. But then when you go into guys who are like huge, huge, who are like this thing right here, they love a worn out hole because they don't have time. They just want to fucking get out of it. I mean, I, I know that someone like someone like Rocco Steele who loves like fucking like fist bottoms, whether into fisting or not, because it's like, I don't want an hour of like preparing your hole for this. I want to just get in there. Yeah, right. Yeah, so right. I find like the monster dick guys who are like, yes, like whether they want a hand in you or not, but I go, oh, you're a fist bottom. Great. Mm. I met this guy once at Lab, uh, which is a, a sex club in Berlin, and I went to a fist night there, and there was a guy there with this massive schlong. It must have been 12 inches long, Ugh. and within five minutes of me arriving, he was fucking me. You go, girl. And I was like, do you want to fist now? That was all lovely and good and everything, yeah. and like, dick, but like, come on, do you want to do, do the real stuff? Do you want to get down dirty? And he's like, well, I don't really... I don't really fist. I just come here because I get loose holes to fuck. But you're nice, so I'll give you a fist. And so he gave me a fist. It was rubbish. <laughs> Charity fist. What a gentleman. You know, just, right. I'll do this thing for you, sure. Oh, bless it, yeah. yeah. Oh, so guys, this leads us to our next point, which is no dick will satisfy you then, right? That we get all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, you must not like dick sex anymore. You must not like regular sex anymore regular sex yeah. this really happens on the apps i find people message me like hi yeah you're really hot but i guess my dick's just not gonna satisfy you like well not with that attitude right <laughs> um, well you've already given up so you know i will say like it's made i mean we're all we're all kind of like size queens are hot but i can also just really appreciate just a guy for who he is you know as long as there's like connection there like it's fun and that is the thing i know i'm gonna get like my walls massaged by your fist but like oh it's just nice to have your dick inside me Mm, you know. Okay, first off, I have one response to that, and that is gross. You're looking for a connection? Blah. <laughs> <laughs> I just want someone to love me back. That's all I want. <laughs> just turns and looks back. Do you love me? I have all this love to give. <laughs> In the bathhouse at 2 a.m. Like, but do you love me? Like, I don't know who the fuck you are. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even seen your face yet. <laughs> right. I always tell people... As far as that, dick is an appetizer and a great dessert. Mm. But I want dinner. And honestly, usually I want a three-course meal. If you feel like spoiling me, like, please, let's have the appetizer. Mm. Let's have the full-course meal. And then let's have some dessert later with cream on top. That sounds wonderful. But also sometimes I'm happy to just get dinner. I'm happy to just get dessert. Mm. I'm an adult. I can eat whatever I want now. And if I want an entire meal that's dessert or an appetizer or whatever mixture, I can do that. If I'm going to put in the effort to clean out like elbow deep, you're going to put your elbow in me. And I'm not going to waste my time with that. Mm. Typically. Yeah. 
But yeah, mm-hmm. just because your dick is dessert doesn't mean that I can't fill up on it. Yeah, I like that. I just want the Happy Meal with the free toy. <laughs> Make of that what you will. Can I put the toy anywhere? Yeah. But it's either a Barbie or a Hot Wheels, so choose wisely. I was going to say, McDonald's going to have to start offering cucumbers with their Happy Meals now. <laughs> just to make you happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh god, it must really hurt. Right. Yeah. <sighs> I kind of feel like there, there's a little truth in that. Like, I'd be lying if I say like it's a completely pain-free experience. It has the potential to be painful if right. it's not done correctly. And I even have this with new fisters. They're just like, oh, there's this like pain barrier you have to get through. I'm like, no. Yeah. I don't know. No, with the painful thing, you're onto something because this one is a difficult one to shut down immediately because the reality is some people enjoy pain in their sex. Yeah. You know, you look at flogging, you look at any sort of like hitting or impact play, ball crushing, whatever. There's an element of pain to that that they have learned to reinterpret as pleasure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I often wonder how much of what is happening behind me is me reinterpreting things as pleasure because I know that it does take some time to build up like those neural, you know, passageway connections to like reinterpret those signals. But going back to my cute, wholesome, virgin, you know, fist story origins, the first time it went in, it was the best feeling I ever had. Mm. Like, there was no question that that was a good feeling. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like, ah, try it again, I'm not sure. It was like, holy shit, more. (laughs) Yeah. So... For me, it's always been pleasurable. I might have told this story before, but there's um, some people that we know, and I and I was asked to kind of come into the mix to help one of this this couple help help one of them out because um, I think one of them had taken a fist before, but it was like, you know, it was like, ow, okay, take it out, you know, and then it was like, you have teeny tiny hands, you know, you come in and you can help with this, and I was like, okay, sure, and it just you know went in, and it was like there was no pain. I'm like. Yeah, we're not we're not going for pain here. Pain equals bad. And if it is painful, you're probably doing something wrong. He just had this association for so long that there was this pain barrier he had to kind of get through. So he was so nervous before that because, like, you know, kind of psyching himself up for this kind of, like, horrendous, you know, kind of like, you know, going to the dentist or something. <laughs> you know, this right. pain barrier I have to get. And then it might be good after. Yeah, and then he was just really surprised. It was just the entire experience was pleasurable. Mm. I want to reiterate what you guys just said. Like, as far as I understand it, it's about your nerve endings and the way they're receiving stimulus. Mm-hmm. And if you're relaxed, you will interpret the stimulus not as pain, but as pleasure. And it seems to me like there's often a wall there as far as your nerves are concerned of something is intense, therefore you perceive it as pleasure. And if you can find ways to relax yourself, then the wall kind of falls apart. And behind the wall, there's this immense amount of pleasure. And that's why I think as fisters and whatever other extreme play you might be into, the more extreme it is, the more pleasure is to be found. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. Mm. I know that's the case just with my depth training and with training. The deeper it is, the better it's felt lately. The wider it is, the better it's felt lately. I always try to talk people through in their beginning stages and just, you know, bare bones, it's this. Your asshole has spoke one language its entire life, which is, I feel full, I push it out. That's all it's ever spoken. You are now putting something in and making it feel full. You're reversing the whole process. So its first experience with it is going to be, 
this is not normal. And what you have to do mentally is expect that that alarm system to go off and realize you're okay. Realize that your hole is made to expand and be full. And it's made to understand that. And it's made to feel immense pleasure once that fullness is relieved. So you have to speak to the hole like that. Go in, tap. I always say like tap the deepest point, come back out. And once you've touched that spot, it understands, oh, okay, nothing bad happened. And you just keep going until such a time as you're elbow deep. (laughs) But you have to speak the whole language, you know, nothing shocking, nothing abrasive, nothing pokey, nothing jarring. You give it fullness and you give it relief and your hole will be just fine. I really want you in my hole now. I'm just, I'm just gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've learned some things in my 10 years. Wait, are we all 33? Shit. Are we? Oh my God. Are you 33? I am, the year of our Lord. 1988, right? Yeah. yeah indeed, indeed, Jesus age. Hey, we're, and we've all been fisting what? I've been doing it 10 years too. Oh, am I the baby here? Thank you so much. You're the baby. Oh, wow. I think you are. You are the baby. (laughs) I'm getting better at depth. I've gone halfway to the arm. It's getting there. It's getting there. Respect. That's the hardest part. Every single centimeter from like post wrist to the elbow is work. You'll get there, but Mm. it's work. (laughs) Fun work. Well, I'm buying a Rambone tomorrow. There's the work. (laughs) Oh, shit. Do you shit yourself? Do you shit yourself? Well, this is the thing that people are like, oh, but you know, can you take a shit anymore? Does it just fall out of you? Are you shitting right now? Do I need to get a diaper? Are you okay? How's your shit? <laughs> I hate this so much. It's like, How's your shit? It's like, excuse me, I know people with not a kinky bone in their body who have shit the bed on multiple occasions. So don't fucking come at me with saying say my asshole has no bowel control. Okay, this is a huge pet peeve of mine. And it's the fact that we teach kids all growing up that to piss or shit yourself is a very childish thing to do. Mm. Um, I don't know about your experience, but it's been a very adult thing for me to do. <laughs> in the sense that, like, I have walking home from, you know, in New York, pissed myself literally walking into my apartment because I'm a 30-year-old man and I had to pee really bad and I thought I could make it, like, one more stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have been sick as a dog and shit the bed I don't know how many times and had to, like, jump out of bed and, like, do the sheets again. Uh-huh. It's a very adult thing. Yeah. And to pretend like it's not is to pretend like you're not an actual adult or you have some sort of different experience than me because I don't know about you, but... It's a regular part of my life. No, I can echo that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I've, I, sh- I shit myself in the street, like, on the, on the way to uni once. <laughs> I just, and this is long, but this I was 20. Like, this is, like, she was tight. And I just, I thought it was a fart. It was not a fart. Anyway, it was all down my leg. I had to walk uphill. I had to walk back home. And then my housemate was like, oh, you're, you're, you're home only. Didn't you have a lecture? Like, uh, it's cancelled. <laughs> um, and I just like ho- like hobbled up the stairs, and just like, that waddle in the underwear. <laughs> yeah, the waddle. <laughs> so if, if I've shit myself, it's not been through fisting. Right, it has been through you know some stomach bug or any other stuff. I mean, do we all know like 
people of an older generation who've been fisting. I mean, I know, you know, people in the 60s and 70s who've been fisting for decades. Their bowel control is just fine. Right. Seems that way. Although I have received a few inquiries over the years about uh, incontinence from older guys uh, wanting to know. But that's just from being older, I think. The jury's out on that. I don't know. Um, whether it's just because my mum pisses herself every life? every twenty minutes, it's just she, <laughs> she's constantly just bathroom bathroom. Yeah, it's just as soon as you hit sixty, it's just it's game over. I mean, Depends is a multi million dollar business, and it's not just catering to fisters; it's catering to all people when they get older. So attributing it just to that one sort of play thing is just ill-informed it's like no that's going to happen to you and you're going to have to deal with it and it's best to deal with it with grace like if it happens to you deal with it and just accept it as (laughs) 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 Uh, yeah that's my shit what are you gonna do about it that's my shit down my leg (laughs) (laughs) what were you gonna say no as, as long as my guts are falling out at the same time then i'm happy right well prolapses they're like oh is your is your guts just falling out again like i wish it was that easy like my one day i know i mean you know my hold i mean you've had one introduction like i just have one of these weird hot where you can punch it and then afterwards it just goes it just goes right back up and and you'd never know anything was there like fort knox it's it's literally aladdin's cave yeah it just yeah like it just it just goes back into the sand Magic password, it's just you'd never know anything was ever there. Who dares disturb my slumber? That kind of, that kind of vibe. That is literally my asshole. Yeah. But if you get in, magic treasure. I always tell people when you're born into fisting, you are born one of each three ways. You are either depth or width, mm-hmm. and you have to learn the other one. You're either knees or back. And you have to learn the other one. Yeah. And you're either prolapse or gape. And you like your hole will be one of those three categories. And there's all different sorts of combinations. But like every prolapse I've seen has started early. Yeah. Like where the first time they're getting fisted, they're already coming out a little bit. And it just kind of gets a little bit more and more and more. Yeah. Whereas like I'm a gaper. Mm. So I don't think I'll ever prolapse. Mm. My rose is getting closer and closer to the exit. But it hasn't left yet, and I don't think it will. And that's just because of your internal anatomy holding on your structures, all that sort of stuff. You're just born that way, honey. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's okay. There's beauty in every type of hole. Exactly. Except for tight holes. Those are fucking disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was, like, trying to fuck this guy in the sauna, like, like, the other month, and I couldn't find the hole. I couldn't. Maybe it was dark, (laughs) but, like, like, where is it? It was just hurting my dick. It's like finding the hole for the seatbelt. Right. Oh, just, like, where is it? It doesn't exist. It's healed over. And then when I finally found it, it was like, put it through the eye of a needle. And I'm like, I can't with this, no. How do you stay hard for that? I can't. Spoiler, I did not. Same. And I had to leave. So then he's like, oh, who's this lip dick top? I'm like, excuse me. Excuse me. You need to get a crowbar on that. That is Mr. Limp Dick Talk to you, okay? Like, <laughs> how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as well, if they want to put a condom on me, I'm like, no, it's just going to suffocate it. I can't. <laughs> um, that's a whole other thing. Safe sex, safe sex, people. But yeah, I think this is just a common thing. They just assume, like, one thing's going to go in there, and then that's it, your hole is ruined for life. I mean, we all know the struggle of if you go for long periods 
without it. Like, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of muscle memory as we know. It is a training thing. It is this thing you have to work at. It's not just, oh, I got fisted once and now I just have this gaping hole forever. I wish. Mm. A lot of people also forget that your anus is a sphincter, meaning it's a muscle. It's not just tissue. It's not like stretching your earlobe. It's not like stretching, you know, uh, something like that. This is a muscle that's job is to contract. So just because you can touch your toes doesn't mean you can't stand up. Just because a, a ballerina can do the splits doesn't mean she can't walk. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, my hole can do amazing things, but it can also do the other side of it because it's a muscle and it's made to do that. Mm. You know, that's a big misconception that people have. And, and a lot of times it's, again, because they associate holes with vaginas. I know that's kind of a weird thing mm -hmm. to say, especially in the gay men's, but like a vagina doesn't have a muscular sphincter around there. So it's associated with once it does get stretched out, it stays stretched out forever. And that's just not the case with assholes. You know, it's a muscle. It's a muscular tube. All of it is muscle. And it will do its job unless you literally destroy it. Yeah. And so if you're having safe and educated fisting, you're going to be fine. And you're still going to be able to poop. You're still going to be able to do everything you need to. That usually quells that argument. You know, just being like, it's a muscle. Mm. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. I know you're into fisting, but I'll wreck you with my average dick. <laughs> I love this one. I find this one so cute. Again, this is very much on the apps. It's, oh, I see you're into that, but I'm still going to wreck you with my, with, with my dick. And it's like, you are certainly welcome to try. <laughs> I mean, that's just one of those things where it's like, you're trying to live your fantasy of wrecking a bottom, and I'm not going to be that bottom. Yeah. Because I am a titanium cunt. I am unwreckable. Sorry, honey, but yeah. have at, and I guarantee you I'll still be <laughs> standing at the end. Unless you're just given one side hell, and in that case, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember, I, th I think it was a year or two ago, and I, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, I mean, maybe your experience at lab, where like, you know, if, if you do find some pendulous tube steak of a dick and you're just like you you and me now i wouldn't even give them the option and i'm like hey how are you? i'm like no that's going inside me. just drag him by the dick yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> just dropped my knee so fucking quick <laughs> and there was this like older daddy guy this massive fat thing and i was just like you mate come on he was like oh yeah boy like your ass is so loose like yeah you must be getting fucked all night i'm like i've, I've not had anything in me in about two weeks he's like Oh, <laughs> just the horror on his face. I'm like, she's stretching. Yeah, yeah, you like that, you dirty man? I haven't had any sex in two weeks, and I'm still huge. Yeah. <laughs> this is my first time ever. <laughs> I was a virgin till five minutes ago. <laughs> this is the mess you created. Yeah, maybe a virgin for dicks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean... It, it'll, it'll be a never-ending story of the things that non-fisters will say to fisters because they inherently just don't understand it. And that's okay. It's fine. I'm here to teach you if you want to. Do you find a lot of these questions come from vanilla gays? Or is it from straight people? Or is it kind of a, a category that these sort of questions come from more than others? I find it comes from people who are curious. Mostly in the sense of like, if you're asking questions, it's because you want to know more. Mm. Same in the sense of, like, a closeted man might ask you a lot of questions about what it's like to be gay. Mm. You know, it's like, 
I don't want to say that I'm into that, but tell me about it without me having to say I'm into it. Mm. I am hard-pressed these days to find anybody who has either A, not tried fisting, or B, not wanting to try it. Before the pandemic happened, I said 2020 was the year of the fist because everybody was into it. It's the new bareback, you know, like, Mm -hmm. come on, fisting. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people who do ask these questions are asking because they're curious. It's very much a like, I've heard about this from several people now as a good thing, and I want to know what your take is on it. Yeah. And so I'm going to ask these, like, probing questions. I even find a, a lot of guys seem to shroud their curiosity in disgust, mm-hmm. and that's why these questions come across as quite, like, almost, yeah, like they're offended in some way, or, or they, they come across very crass, like, like don't you shit yourself. And I, I think their outrage is just masking that curiosity. It's, it seems to be, I don't know, like they don't want us to know that they're curious. No, okay, we all can know and agree that I'm a mega huge bitch, right? But we have to approach these people with compassion. And I know that's crazy coming from me, but gay men, we learn our automatic defense is, ew, gross, to defend things. Because like when we all were coming out, a lot of us tried to hide our gay because it wasn't acceptable. So our way of doing that was by initially showing disgust for something we were interested in. Yeah. And so we've been trained to do that. Yeah. And so they might come at it with disgust, being like, oh, God, gross. How can you even do this? And it's like, I see your struggle. I understand your pain. I'm here to answer questions. Yeah. We're all on different journeys. I'm not saying that fisting is the end of your journey, but curiosity is your journey. And you might find something else that you're really into if you open up, mm. literally and figuratively. Um, and so as gay men, and especially as fisters, when it's we really want to come back and be like, how the fuck dare you insult my gorgeous hole? You got to come back with a little bit of compassion at times. And I say this as one of the least compassionate people on the internet. Yeah. But <laughs> do as I say, not as I tweet. <laughs> In my experience, it's always been like, I feel like the condemnation. I mean, there's people that are generally interested and I'm always so happy to entertain that. I mean, I've been like the sort of topic at many a dinner party where it's like, you know, I have like my vanilla gay friends and they introduce like, so this is you know, my real name and he does fisting artwork and, you know, fists on the internet and has a podcast. And they're like, fascinating. And literally, and, they, and then it's literally like this very civilized dinner party. It's talking about fisting for the next hour and a half. I, I find that people that have kind of, you know, really kind of acidic answers and questions, I feel like they're just kind of masking their own ignorance. Like, they don't want to appear to be ignorant on a subject. So it's like, that's gross, that's disgusting, you're going to shit yourself. And it's like, I wish you would just admit that you don't know anything about this subject and would just ask me a genuine question about it. Right. Instead, you've just gone this defensive route, which is true of so many things. Yeah. Like, oh, it's trash, it's garbage. Like, actually, you know nothing about this. Yeah. And kind of going a bit off topic, but I, but I have zero time now for... Gay guys especially, who, you know, who have such derogatory things to say about vaginas. They're like, oh, that's gross. The pussy's disgusting. And you're, you're just showing your ignorance of it. It's not disgusting at all. Right. It's this thing you just don't understand because you've never been exposed to it. Right. And, you know, I have to give fisting the credit in this. Fisting is what made me a more accepting, a more well-rounded, and a more open-minded individual. Because I started out pretty close-minded. I was a Baptist-raised kid from Northern Michigan. Like, I thought anything outside of a monogamous relationship was gross. 
I used to be one of those gays who said vaginas, ugh, gross. Yeah. But at the same time, I would call my hole a pussy or something like that. And I slowly learned through enjoying the wordplay associated with, you know, fisting and the pride of being a whole, you know, the the pride of not being a dom top and, and the pride of being a bottom helped me grow towards enjoying, you know, and being more accepting of trans men and being more accepting of a lot of other fetish play. And it helped me grow. It helped me grow in my social opinions of things. It helped me grow in my sexual opinions of things. And I, I, don't, I won't say I'm finished growing because I don't think anybody is, but I'm definitely light years ahead of where I used to be on a lot of these topics. And I think fisting is a great, it was a great catalyst for me. And I want it to be a catalyst for other people or at least find their thing that is a catalyst for them. That's where, you know, these questions of like answering people with compassion and things like that, just being like, I'll help you understand. I'll help you find your thing. Mm. I'll help you open your mind a little bit. Mm. And if it's through fisting, great, because the world needs more holes. Fisting to me is more than just putting an arm in a butt. It has been a catalyst to me becoming a better gay man, a better social member of society and more understanding and compassionate. And being able to actually look at somebody and say, I have a thing that you don't understand of, of mine, which helps me understand the thing that I don't understand of you. You don't get how I put a fist in my butt. That doesn't make sense to you, but it's wonderful to me. I don't get this thing about you, but I can understand that maybe it's wonderful to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Absolutely. I didn't really have an impression before we began this that uh, this episode about shit vanilla gays say or non-fisters say uh, that it would become so wholesome and so philosophically satisfying so well done us i thought we were just gonna trash people but yeah but um oh oh, now we've gotten to the part of the podcast where we get to trash people (laughs) let's name them (laughs) this is the real reason we got you on here i have a list of all the people that i have beef with that i'd like to say things about no i'm kidding (laughs) the floor is yours the floor is we can't we have to be very diplomatic (laughs) right but i can be a terrible human you guys just need to have a, a another podcast episode that's shit that uh, fisters say to people on Twitter, which is just going to be screenshots of my terrible tweets to other people calling them out on stuff. <laughs> Speaking of boring, I need to go and pee quite desperately. It's pee time here. Thank you to the wonderful fist brat, Falcon Punch. <laughs> <laughs> for appearing so graciously with us tonight. Thank you for inviting me. I can't tell you how excited I was to do this. I truly was like a giggly child being like, oh my God, I've been invited to be on a fisting podcast. I feel so cool. You've made it, honey. You've made it. <laughs> I don't know where I've made it to, but here we are. Now you can disappear into obscurity and just shit your pants for the rest of your life. Huh? <laughs> I don't know where you go from here. I hope to just become a Twitter troll. And just exist in the shadows and just be that terrible person who says terrible things at the end of everybody's feeds. That's that's what I hope to just dissolve into. Thank you for having such fun with us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It was wonderful. Thank you. We love you. Bye. Bye.
Such fun and hard. Such fun and hard. Such fun and hard. 